must say, dear, the winter has hit me very hard. Oh, I know, I know. It, it's 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 really quite a quite a stubborn one. Indeed, I, I swear I'll start rattling with all the things I have to take my own. Yes, goodness. Uh, give give me a couple of examples. What are you what are you having at the moment? Well, you know, I've got this problem with my uh, with my hip. I've, yes. I've started taking things I played for that, you know, a bit, oh, of, a bit yes. of stretch out that way. Oh, well, my, my hips have been really, really killing me recently. So I've been having um, just just a little dose of things I've watched has been really helping yes, with yes, that. Yes. Oh, I, I've, uh, I've, I've actually found that my knees have been particularly difficult, especially in the cold and the wet. Oh, yes. Cold, not so bad. Wet, not so bad. Cold Put and together. wet. Oh, oh my no. knees. You know, I, I heard from a friend who, who does a lot of yoga that things they've listened to are actually rather good for fixing oh, I've heard that, I've heard that, yes, yes. Uh, well, I know, and, and, and then of course I'm taking skits from above my blood. That's what I'm taking silly voices for, you see. Yes, yes, I mean, at this rate we'll probably just end up a couple of queer and pleasant strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Bagnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans ladies try and work out the exact right amount of energy to not sound sleepy, but to also not peak the audio. <laughs> <laughs> a peek behind the curtains there. A peek behind the curtains, <laughs> indeed. How are you doing? I'm sleepy. Same. I've been sleepy all day. It's because you did, were up, up until 1am. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I did my first stream as a Twitch partner you this did. week. Happy, yeah. happy, happy partnering. Woo. I won't throw more confetti at you. <laughs> You've been fetted enough once this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This it couldn't have happened at a better week, honestly. No, no, because by the time this goes up, um, uh, well, actually, people will frankly need the entertainment. Yes, people will frankly need the entertainment, and there will be some some cool things that I'll be able to talk about by oh, the time you, this oh, is right, up. Oh, yeah. right. And we'll yeah. have streamed yeah. by the time got, this goes up. You got, you got, you got, you got. Yeah. I thought we were talking about the elections. I mean, there's that too. <laughs> it's, the world is tiring right now. Yes. But also, like, I, I got some big shiny things I'm allowed to stream and <laughs> this is a good week for that. Yeah, come have my, hang out with the butt buddies. It's like, hey, I've just been made a partner. Here's a bunch of unreleased games I can stream. Ooh. Ooh. Which I imagine will get the numbers in even higher. That's the hope. I'm hoping for a couple of real good streams this week. Mm-hmm. Good luck to the mod team. Indeed. Because that's going to bring the gamers TM in. <laughs> the gamers TM. It's fine. I've got auto mod on and I'll just turn on subscribers only or followers only chat uh, with like a one day delay if the worst mm-hmm. happens. I'm going to have that in a tab ready to go so I can be like, oh, you've been sub- you've, you've not been following me for, for at least 24 hours. You don't get to chat. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> nice. But yeah, shall we talk about some things we've played this week? Yeah, let's talk about some things we've played. Oh. What have you played? Oh, I've been playing so much Xbox Series X. You have? I can talk about it. The embargoes are up as of the time you're hearing this. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it's been a weird console to review the Xbox Series X because I've largely just been playing existing Xbox One games with patches. It's not been a lot in the way of new stuff. Um... There is a definite lack in the launch lineup of like here is the new thing that shows off what the console can do that feels new. Um, like the whole back of the the box of the new Xbox is just a big advert for Halo. It's like oh you clearly 
were hoping Halo was going to be ready for this. That was printed a while ago, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But like that being said, it's been nice to have a few days of just... I had a launch day Xbox One, and that thing was not... In terms of user interface, it was not fast at the best of times, and by the end of its lifespan, it was practically sluggish. It was it was a bit of a pain to use. Um, if nothing else, the this few days with the Series X has been real nice for just... Oh, I can just use all the menus and they go real fast. They respond. And, yeah, they respond, and everything has much faster loading terms, which is real nice, and mm-hmm. um, everything runs better. Um, general rule of thumb, if you're wondering about, like, hey, do I want a Series X? Um, you know, sometimes when games, like, have inconsistent frame rates and don't quite, like, stay stable at what they're trying to do, basically all those games in your backwards catalogue probably gonna hit stable at their frame rate now, whatever that is. Uh, everything runs at a nice locked frame rate, and that's really lovely. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has given enough power that last generation games are like, oh, I can handle this now. Yay. Um... Played a lot of Forza Horizon 4, because honestly that is like, if you're looking for something that looks and runs well on the Series X at launch that makes you go, I feel like I am playing a next gen game, that's the game. Like, I had access to a few things. The stuff I had access to that had specifically been updated for the Series X was Forza Horizon 4, uh, Gears 5, and uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Of the games that I was able to play, Forza Horizon 4 with its um, next-gen patch was definitely the game that stood out best as like a technical showcase. Um, Everything's running at a really good stable 4K 60fps, all of the all of the draw distances are improved, all of the... uh, they're still popping but it's much further away in the distance. Reflections look great, shadows look great. It's a really good example if you want a game that feels next-gen to look at and go, I'm going very, very fast and lots of assets are being moved in and it's all just going at 4K, 60 frames a second, not skipping a beat. Like, that's that's a technically impressive game that, like, looked visually interesting and was, like... The, the thing that I would probably show people to be like, hey, look look what games can look like on this new... on the new version of the console. Um... It, it It is a nice-looking game. It did feel cool. I'm not a big racing games person, but, like, it was the game in the launch lineup that I was like, yeah, this this feels very shiny and like I'm playing on a fancy new gaming box. Um, Gears 5, I played, I played a few hours of. Honestly, it's... It, it's still Gears 5. It's, a ma- it's exactly what you imagine out of Gears 5. Gears 5 is a game that is deliberately slow and plodding so that it can be... It can have as much, like, texture detail as possible all of the time. And this is that on more powerful hardware. It's just more of that. It it looks good, don't get me wrong. It's exactly what you expect it looks like. There's nothing that's going to surprise you about mm. how it looks. It looks like Gears on a new console. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon is... It definitely looks better and runs better on the Series X... It's not the game you're going to be showing people as, like, a technical showpiece of look at how fancy games look on my new box. It's probably one that you'll spend a decent amount of time playing. Oh, yeah. like It's I, very silly. It's very silly and very fun and very dramatic. Um, 
Like that moment that we Stella stopped back. off on Sunday night where we're like, oh, this is all silly. And then just suddenly like, oh, oh, that was some whiplash there. Oh, oh. then some um, things happened. Generally, generally seems to, to positively handle its some of its diversity of cast. Yes. Um, I'm thinking of that probably the same scene that you are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that was treated decently. Yeah. And um, I imagine a lot of games would not have done so. Yeah. GTA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, here's the thing. It, it... Yakuza definitely feels like a game that has been ready for a while and has had, like, a next-gen coat of paint attached to it more than anything else I played. Like, playing through Forza and Gears and Dirt, all of them to a certain degree felt... Like, a lot of work had been put into the next-gen versions of them. Mm. Yakuza is... We 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 quickly painted some next-gen over it. And, like, the, the, the biggest difference I noticed in real time was... My goodness, I don't have time to read loading screen tips. Because <laughs> as soon as they're there, they're gone. Um, and, like, that's, that's... That's the main difference you'll notice with most games you play, is just... Everything runs a lot faster. Got to run fast. And that's real, real nice and convenient. I don't know if that's, for a lot of people, going to be enough to sell a new console to them that has no particular... Like, if you already have an Xbox One X, you probably don't need a Series X right this second mm. for this. But if you're someone who's been out of the loop on Xbox for a while, and, like, I, I can see the person that the Series X is probably for, which is... I like some of the things that Microsoft makes, but no one game for a while last gen has been enough to convince me to buy um, a console. Mm. And, like, now would be the point to jump in if you're that person and go, like, look, Game Game Pass, I know it's a subscription thing, for, like, six quid suddenly it's like, oh, here's every game from last generation and it runs a lot faster and everything is, like, capping out its frame mm. rates. Like, it's not a bad time to jump into basically last generation's games. Yeah, there is that aspect. Yeah, that's 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 the use case I see of it, is if you didn't bother with Xbox last generation, this might be a good time to jump in on a generation's worth of good games that uh, none of which were great enough to catch your attention. Mm. Um, quick Resume is a wonderful feature. I love it. Um, this is that whole thing where you can have multiple games suspended in the background and jump right back into where mm. you were. The biggest complaint I have about it is I wish that it gave you some way to quickly see a list of what you have uh, suspended at any given moment. And particularly, what's the next thing that's going to get kicked off of my suspended list if I open something new up? What have I not saved? Yeah, like, the, the, what it doesn't do is, let's say you open up a new game, it doesn't go... Hey, opening this is going to close your copy of Gears 5 that you opened five games ago. Just checking. Have you saved it? Do you want to pop in and save it just in case? Um, there's none of that. There's no yeah. There's no for definite knowing how how much space you... Because obviously the, the number of games you can have suspended varies depending on which games you have suspended. Yes. And there's no definitive way to know, can I open another game without knocking something off my suspend Aww. list? Like, if you're only... I feel like the safe way to use it is to only assume that maybe three games are going to be suspended at once. Like, that's that's a very safe number to assume. I mean, short of reviewing a brand new console, most people probably aren't going to be opening more than three games. No, no. I, it's something to know it's, about. It's a thing to know about. And, like, I, 
here's the thing. Three to five seems like it's comfortable range. Three is what I would rely on. Hmm. Um, cool things about that, but again, not going to necessarily be for everyone, but for me, I fucking love this, is you can unplug the console and move it, to, like, completely unplug from the power, move it to another room, plug it back in, and your quick resume stuff is still there. Oh. Which, like, logically, I know how that works. It still feels really cool to be like, unplug the console, I plugged it back in somewhere else, it still knows exactly where I was in the game. That's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah it's... It is undeniably a very powerful piece of gaming hardware that, like, really suffers from not having one game at launch that goes, this is the one that shows off what this can do. Mm. Like, the closest it has is Forza. And don't get me wrong, Forza Horizon 4 is a great technical showpiece in the way that a lot of consoles launch with a very technically proficient racing game. Mm. Racing games are usually the place where you see yeah. this stuff done right at launch. Um, and that's not to say that it, you know, you can boot Forza Horizon 4 up and feel like, ah, oh, cool, I've got a game that looks next gen. It's a shame that there's not any other variety of, like, that you haven't, you've got that, you've got Gears 5. Like, it, it's, it feels like it's missing that something. To point to, like the like, the like maybe Halo, yeah, like maybe Halo. <laughs> it's it's missing the, the game, the, yeah, the game that everyone's excited to pick up on day one. Yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of playing games that came out last gen or cross generational titles that uh, that feel sort of pasted over the generation. There is no Fantavision or Zone of the Enders here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's some games that I have not yet had access unlocked to that I was given codes for. Um, mainly Ubisoft third-party ones. Ubisoft, the company with years of abuse allegations that were covered up by upper management. But they were free keys, so that you can mention that in any form of, oh, of comment about those yeah. games. It means that as soon as the Xbox Series X version of Watch Dogs Legion goes up, I can do video coverage where I'm like, ah, oh, I got a review copy of this game. Here's my review. Ubisoft, stop being shits. <laughs> Thanks, Ubisoft, for the code. You know, I, How's I can the investigation going? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I have been told that apparently those games do a better job of technically... Seeming more next gen in there, where Yakuza feels like a last gen game that was pasted up up to next gen. Apparently, from what I've heard, those are the opposite. Those feel like their mm. past generation ones suffered a bit as a result, and mm. uh, so that the next ones could be a little higher up. But I mean, yeah, I've I've been having fun. I just I can't tell you here's th here's the game that makes this worth buying. Like, I have one, and it works a lot better than previous Xbox consoles. It is the Xbox console that got rid of most of my problems with Xbox consoles. There's just not really anything new to play on it. you've got that's... spare cash. Yeah. And you want to get a Game Pass. Yeah. If, if you are someone who skipped out on last generation of Xbox and are like, you know what? I would like to be able to play some Forza and some Gears of War and some Halo and some stuff, and you know, I yeah, I want to play them with faster loading times. It's a good box that does it. If you have accidentally destroyed your what your current Xbox, yeah, yeah, like this is a very it's it's a very good machine that I like. 
it's very right now it's got a limited audience. <laughs> yes. Um and for that price anyway. Yeah, cuz like I, I it's it's the PS5 which is coming out a little after the Series X has not a particularly much larger launch lineup, but it at least has something I can point to. I can go like, hey, there's Spider-Man, there's Dra- uh, uh, Demon Souls, there's Astro's Playroom, there's Sackboy. There's a few things that feel like, oh, there is stuff to check out. Mm. There is stuff that might be a system seller. Yes. But uh, Accessibility-wise, all of your peripherals and controllers and everything transfer over. That's great. There's no accessibility about that. Yes, up, uh, it'll probably... Yeah, well, yeah, it will be up by the time this yeah. goes up. Um... All of your system settings carry over. They basically didn't break it. They took all the accessibility stuff they've already done and just didn't break any of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that. What have you played this week? What have I played? Well, while you were playing lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of Xbox Playing like next, two straight days of Xbox. Pretty much. I played a lot of Scythe, uh, Scythe and uh, Scythe the Rise of Fenris expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scythe is a sort of a cross between an Ameritrash and a Euro game. So it's got some like head to head combat. It's got some sort of war gamey stuff, but it's also got area control and engine building and resource management. Hmm. It's a just it's a beautifully constructed game. Like you've got the the player boards which like define your faction. And then, like, so you can randomly distribute those at the beginning of the game. Then you've got the um, production boards, which will, you know, again, completely mess about with your strategy. Because obviously you've got a point where you start on the board based on your faction. Then Mm. you've got this other board that will go, you need certain amount of resources to to do these kinds of action. Mm. And if you're not near those resources, this might take a little while to, to really build up to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really interestingly made game. It's um, it's got a good solo, which is nice. Yeah, like I've we've played this with uh, like our local friends. Yeah, a couple of times now. I think I've played the digital version. Yeah. I couldn't really get into the I've, digital version. I've always had a good time when we've played it with the local friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I figured it was a good thing to play solo while you were going to be busy. Um, so they company that made it also made the uh, Automa system for uh, Viticulture, and apparently it takes a lot from that. So mm. apparently there is some crossover between the manufacture of wine and the conquering of fantasy Europe. Ah! <laughs> well, I mean, you might be conquering fantasy Europe regions that cultivate wine. I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, but so basically Scythe is set after the uh, the Great War, except it's a Great War where there was this factory churning out mechs that was meaning that the war was much, much, much more devastating and that the, when yeah. the war came to an end, people were like, you know what, let's just probably dial it back a bit. But Scythe itself is like, hey, things are starting to bubble back up again. In a bad way, tensions are rising. Uh, Rise of Fenris takes the tensions are rising bit and goes, hey, let's add a campaign to that. Let's add a, a, a eight-part resettable campaign. Yeah. Where there are branching narratives in it. So if you do a certain bit in, uh, in the first mission, and depending on how people vote at the end of the first mission, you will either go for war or peace. 
so if you go for war, you will have uh, mech mods, which means that you can modify your your four mechs that you you churn out over the game, and they will have they will be more powerful in different ways, or they will do slightly different things based on what modifications you've given them. Or if you've gone for peace, you can have uh, like industrial uh, like industrial modifications. Mm. So things like um, you can have like a free action on your board, uh, just using this token, and you flip it over once as you you've used. And at the end of the game, you're basically you draw out of a bag of of the types of mods, and for you, you I think you draw two each or three if you're the winner of the game, mm. and then you can play. Uh, pay up to uh, fifty fifty dollars each. Weird that it's dollars in a, in a European based game. Um, mm. But yeah, and you can basically buy mods that will go further into the campaign yeah. with you. And the Automa has like a, a set list of things. Like it will remove some of the cards that make the game a bit easier. Yeah. Um, meaning that potentially you'll shuffle more, but potentially you'll have a, like a lot more difficulty overall throughout the game. I'm really fascinated to see where it goes with it because, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm about four chapters in, just had a huge reveal, got to open a big box. Um, Oh, I remember this box. I was very excited. There was cool stuff in the box. There was cool stuff in the box. Um, So this is the the third Scythe expansion. I do not have one and two. I'd like to get them eventually. Yeah. But, like, the first one is just two extra factions. Mm. There are already spaces for them on the board. It feels a bit weird that they... Aren't in the base game. In the base game. I get it. Like, it's already a one to five player game. They don't even want it necessarily to be a seven player game, but there are potentially seven factions. Yeah. And I suspect there will be more in other expansions. Yes. um, Of the trilogy. Then you've got um, the Wind Gambit expansion, which Mm. is all airships, which adds a whole extra mechanic. And then there's, like, in that also is included a whole thing about changing ways you can win the game. Because mm. usually you will, uh, will through actions like um, building all four mechs or building all four of your buildings on, on various tiles or um, upgrade like doing upgrades on your board so that things cost less and you get more out of doing certain actions. Like you can you earn stars through doing that and once the sixth star someone's placed their sixth star Mm. That is the end of the game. And then you tot up the score based on like where people are, what kind of resources they have. Um, there's something else and I can't remember what it is. How popular they are. Mm. Uh, calculate certain things as well. Um, so yeah, like that is usually how the game ends. But there are things in Wind Gambit that do things like... Um, at the Once somebody's placed their fifth star, you have like two actions and then the factory's going to explode. Oh. So everybody wants to try and move all of their things into the fat or as close to the factory as possible, because when it explodes, for every one of your units that gets blasted back to your home <laughs> base, you get one popularity, <laughs> which pushes you massively up the track and potentially could mean that you're going to get a bunch more points at the end of the game. Things like that, just like just a way to modify just the game. Modifiers, yeah. But yeah, like the the Rise of Fenris, which is the third expansion. The only one I have. Um, you just get this nice spiral bound book, which makes it really easy to just go, okay, this is everything I need to set up on this side. And then when I get to the end of it, I flip it over and there's like how I wrap this game up. Um, there's There are spoilers on the punch board, but you can largely avoid them because mm. they're like properly laid out. 
there was quite a nice thing. They were like, hey, we've hidden something in the box somewhere. Go look for it now. Don't open any of the boxes. Like, the box is within the box, but there's something in the box you don't know about. <laughs> it, it, it did a cool, sneaky thing. It did a cool, sneaky thing that I was really happy about. Um, And the fact that the whole thing's resettable. Yeah. Like, yes, you will know what's going to happen, potentially, depending on what your decisions are. But... Like, overall, like, the fact that you can go, I can play through this whole thing yeah. again and have all these changes and well, these... I won't. Going if on. we eventually do it together, I won't know what's going on, so there'll be surprises for and me. I will not use that against you. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't really any way, because you're still basically playing Scythe, but yeah. Scythe where potentially you've bought special things for your mech. Yeah. Or, um, because basically, like, the scoring at the end of the game is you are given money based on these things, and whoever's got the most money is the winner. Yeah. So at the end of the end of each like game within the campaign, you note down how much money you've got. Yeah. And that is added to your overall wealth, which you don't get to spend within the next game, but you can spend on upgrades. Yeah. And like single use perks as well. So throughout the game you can use up to seven perks. They cost fifteen dollars each. That's money that you could be spending on mods, but how badly do you really need to start with three extra coins or a little bit of extra yeah. popularity or something? It's really fun so far. I'm glad. What about you? Uh, I want to talk a little bit more in depth in one of, about one of those Series X games that we Ooh. sort of glossed over. I oh. want to talk just a little bit more about y- Yakuza Like a Dragon. Okay. Uh, for anyone who's not played a Yakuza game before, um, they are typically sort of um, big sprawling open world RPGs. Uh, uh, the combat is usually like um, action brawling. You do your sort of, um, you know or your combos to do lots of attacks. This is that, but with a turn-based battle system instead. Um, A lot of the Yakuza games up until this point have all been about a singular protagonist. Um, I think there have been six previously uh, games. This is, I believe, the first one in quite a while to be like, here's just a brand new protagonist, a new story. Um, Much, like, it is very much a place to jump into Yakuza if you've been wanting to check the series out and have not done so before. Um... Short version, you play as someone who was a bit of a shitty kid and ended up um, idolising the local small faction of the Yakuza because one of them fucking saved your ass one time um, when they really didn't have to. And you end up, you know, I'll take oh, I'll take the fall for you and they don't reciprocate and now oh, you got to go on a big mission. Um, it is a... The, the Yakuza games are bigger... They're always bigger than I think they are, because apparently they're like 40-plus hour games. Like, they're pretty... That makes sense. Yeah, they're like 40, 50 hour, like, just to do the the, the linear story. Um, mm. I really like the cast in this one so far. Um, our protagonist, his whole defining trait is, I want to be... The, I, I play Dragon Quest games. I want to be a hero like the heroes in Dragon Quest. Very strange... But also Yakuza. yeah. But also, I want to be an honourable Yakuza. I don't know how why they keep referencing Dragon Quest when it's not made by the same people, and that seems a really weird choice. Um, but, like... I'm not sure. I, like, Have you actually looked into the, the Yeah, no, the, there's there no one. connection that I can see between these companies. One is made by Square Enix, yes. and one is not. One is, one is uh, made Sega. Sega is made by Sega. Yes. And I don't see the connection. No. But, um, 
yeah, his whole deal is like, yeah, sure, I'm going to be part of the Yakuza, but like, you know, if I find out someone's scamming kids on my turf, I'm going to, you know, like, go beat them up and return the money to the kids. I'm going to be going to be honourable and no mm. no doing shady shit. You've got to, you got to, you got to have the honour and respect of the Yakuza, but not any of the shady stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have generally been really pleased with um the other cast members that have been added. There's some stereotyping, and sometimes it's a bit tacky. Um, I'll say there's a there's a character member, a party member that's introduced who is a homeless person. All of the conversations that he, that you have with him are really well handled about like the realities of how people get into homelessness, and that it's not just as easy as just 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 go get a job. Says person who's only been homeless for five minutes, and um, that's all great. What's not necessarily so great is like oh I'm gonna. Uh, one of my attacks is I'm going to sleep on some cardboard boxes to recover health, and one of my attacks is I'm going to throw bird seed to make the pigeons attack, and one of my attacks is I'm going to swig some alcohol and spit it past a lighter to sort of do a fire attack. It's it's a little bit tropey. I feel more like circus skills. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like, ah, uh, these are the attacks a homeless person would have, which can be a bit like... The thing that has maybe not bothered by it is that all the conversations around that character have been really tasteful and intellectually yeah. reasonable. Like it's been like very thoughtfully handled. I think. Yeah. Um, there's also been all the stuff about sex workers. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a whole early plot line about um, protecting a business that um, a sex work business from. A Japanese group who's basically like, there should be no grey areas in the law. Things are either legal or illegal. And things like sex work that, you know, the police just turn turn their nose up to because they're victimless crimes. No, they're illegal and they should be stopped. And our protagonists are there like, no, we're going to protect these sex workers. Fuck off. And mm-hmm. some good conversations about like, hey, here's how people get into sex work and why it's not uh, this... It's not all... simple as trafficking and yeah. low moral fibre or a lack of... Exactly, and if you if you get rid of sex work, here is the people it would harm, and why. Like a lot of its conversations around these topics have been pretty, like fairly respectfully done. Um, it feels like it's trying, mm. um, which I I which can is more than a lot of games I can days. respect the attempt it's making to be on the right side of the conversations it tries to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Combat system starts a little simple for a turn-based RPG, um, but it, it definitely builds up as it goes. Um, it's got a little bit of that Paper Mario-style system of hit the button when your attack connects to do extra damage, or um, block the attack by mashing the button to take less damage. Um, very cutscene-heavy. Go into it knowing that like it's it's a very story-heavy game with a lot of cutscenes. Especially at the beginning. Yeah, it starts very cutscene-heavy, but... Um, I've been having a lot of fun with it, and I, I, it is definitely going to be the. It, it's not the most impressive game on the Series X, but it's the game that I have on that console that I foresee myself playing the most of in the coming weeks. It's certainly the one I've looked up from whatever game of side I'm into at the time, and gone. What the f- what the f- what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's generally been pretty like a good mix of like respectful and then. Oh, 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 we, oh, oh. Okay. We're doing that now, huh? We're doing that now, huh? Uh, you got some fucking anime special attacks going on. Bought a big vibrate to beat people up with. The Pokemon analogue. 
Oh yeah, the the f- flashmon, creepy flashes as Pokemon. They're not all flashes, but no, they but just they're seem like, to be like goons. Yeah, it's it's different types of villain collected by Pokedex style. Yep. Which which starter would you like? Red creep, green creep, or blue creep? They're just guys in suits. They're just guys in suits. But there's also the flasher. Yeah, I that whole fucking Pokemon side quest was wild. Yeah, and then we sat there for about twenty minutes making up our own lyrics for the Pokemon thing. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Pokemon are you? What kind of Pokemon are you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It it feels like it's got a lot of heart. Um, the little places where it's occasionally a bit like okay, that's a bit tropey, are usually swept aside pretty quickly by like okay, the game's back to being pretty like pretty good. And it it does a few things in places where it's like we're gonna we're gonna propose like pose quite a a difficult thing, like quite a. Yeah. a Quite a big concept. I don't really want to go into specific source yeah. borders yet, but like, what were you like ten hours into it by that point? Yeah, and just like here is a huge thing, and you can think about it one way, or you can think about it another way. Yeah, uh, it's we... it's a it is a thing a lot of people have questions about. Yeah, we we had quite a we had quite a plot thread going on. We did um, that. We had a lot of back and forth of this could go either way, and is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is this something that people have consented to or not? Yeah. And also, is everyone else consenting to this? Yeah, it's it's the the further I get into it, the more I'm really buying into the way it's telling its story. Mm. Um. Yeah, because your main character certainly has his own set of morals. He 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 very much does. Um, he's he's very clearly trying to be a good person, and I think largely I can I can understand his reasoning for the things he does. Yeah, he he wants to be a good person, but also has this whole idolizing the yakuza thing going on. That means that there are many grey areas in it's, in the way he does. He, he idolizes like. Brotherhood and loyalty and occasionally violence is needed for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, he's, he's, he's a very like. Everyone in the main cast is very likable. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What else have you been playing this week? Uh, I played some more Spirit Island. <gasps> yeah. And, uh, I played through, uh, I think, the last two games, like solo games, on a single board on my own with the basic starter spirits. And I did not really get on too well with the last two spirits I played. Mm-hmm. Struggled a bit there. Then I decided to play through um, like a couple of two-hander games. First one I got absolutely wiped quite early on as well. Um, second one I took some thoughts about. I I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I I considered some thoughts about uh, how I would do things like differently or how I should be improving my strategy. Uh, played a two two hand game, one with a high complexity spirit, one with a low compl- complexity spirit, and um, yeah, I won that game pretty concisely. Yay! Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to to play more of that and try out more of the spirits. Nice. Which is good because there's an expansion pack coming soon, and I'm excited <laughs> to see what more complexity they could add. Yeah. Mm. What about you? <sighs> Not much else. It's just been a week of Xbox. Xbox. It's just been a week of let's play a lot of Xbox and see whether it looks shinier or not. We did play some more Pandemic Legacy <gasps> Seasons here. Oh, we? we did. And we can't talk much about it because of the nature of Legacy games, but... Yeah. um, It's good. It's good. 
We had our first mixed success. We did. We had our first, we completed one objective, but not both. And yeah, so that's a new mechanic for this one. Previously, it's been, you've lost a month or you've won a month. Yeah. This is the first time you've gone, oh, you completed a mission. Well, yeah. that's fine. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah, you don't get to retry the month and try and do, but no, you did one. Y- you did one, so you you get to move on with the game, but also you um do get your funding level increased. Yes. Um so you'll have a slightly easier time the next month, but additionally, like the mission you didn't complete might well, have like, some long term yeah. consequences. Um after after the one that we got a mixed success on, we got asked a question by the game that we didn't definitively know. The answer to. Yes. And it seems like the objective we didn't complete might have had the answer to the thing that we then got asked. We just took a stab in the dark and hope for we, it. Really. We made an educated guess. We yes. had some bits of information with which to make educated guesses yes. on. And we made the guess that made the most sense with what we knew. But it definitely felt like, oh, if we'd completed that objective, we probably would know what this was. Yeah. And that's probably going to come back to bite us in the arse if we've guessed wrong later. Yes, like especially I, since you know there, there's a disease involved. It it feels like this might be a situation of oh you fucked up in an early month. Now a few months from now you're gonna try and do a thing to to fix the situation, and that action's just not gonna work or something like that. We also got to create our new aliases, so oh, we yeah. have now neutral aliases. Yes, yes, we have new disguises and new things that we can do and new abilities. Yeah. I have uh, um, Felicity Dabeen. Yeah, Fifi Five Five I'll say this. I think I can say this much about the the aliases system. Um, it is a lot more gracious about letting you swap between your aliases than I expected it to be. Yeah, I was worried it was going to be, you pick one at the beginning of, of the, yeah. the game, and that's like, it. You you are cutting yourself off from those skills I, that you put on that I don't one. think it's a major spoiler to say it only costs a, sim- uh, a single action to switch aliases, which is really nice. If anything, that might allay some people's fears. Yeah, yeah, it's... The aliases system is very much, hey, look, for one action, you can swap to a whole new moveset. Yeah. Um, and you can swap back at any time, mm. um, basically any time. Yep. Um, you've got to be in certain locations, but yeah, I am have some new things going on as well. Yeah, we have new mechanics, and there's a mechanic that keeps threatening to happen, and we're like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, that is the thing we are. That's, we're not letting that happen. We'll play everything else badly just to stop that one thing. Happening. Yeah, we don't want an additional gameplay mechanic to deal with. You can go. <laughs> you can stay in the box gameplay mechanic, <laughs> and we have. We have basically snuffed out an entire gameplay mechanic. There's a whole part of the game that just is sat on our table, like no, nope, no, nope, nope, <laughs> fuck off. Don't want to. Don't want to deal with you. Yeah, but we're getting further through the year, and now we're gonna have more objectives to complete. Each yeah, month. yeah. This this one that we keep trying to put off is very much like the more difficult objective we have available. It keeps being a very difficult one, and we're like, yeah, but I don't want that, though. Not really, no. <laughs> it's going to be a bad time. It's going to be a bad time. Having a bad time, having, having a bad, bad time. time. Uh, is that everything we've played this week? I believe so. Oh, no, you... Oh, no, I played one other thing. You played a video game. I played a video game. I had I had a few moments spare. You played a video game that you got you got given a video game. Uh, uh, yeah, somebody gave me a review copy of a game. Yeah, tell us... Me, a, directly. Tell, I yeah. applied for it and I got it. Yeah, tell, ah, tell us about that game. Now. Um, I played Manifold Garden. 
Uh, yes, this is that game that I played a little bit of on stream a while ago. A long, long time ago. Uh, yeah, describe Manifold Garden for uh, us. So if you liked things like Antichamber and uh, Superliminal, you'll probably really enjoy Manifold Garden. I mean, probably more Antichamber than, than Superliminal. Yeah. But it does it does that thing of like messing with physics by teleporting you around invisibly, um, and like pretending to be non-Euclidean geometry and yeah. endlessly wrapping worlds. Yeah, the the basic mechanics um, early in the game, at least, are you can change the direction of gravity so a different wall is the floor. Yep. And if you fall off the world, eventually you will fall back to where you started. Uh, slightly above it, in fact. Well, yeah. So if if you're trying to get to somewhere above you, you can jump off and fall down and land above where you started. Yep. But if you want to go slightly somewhere to the right of you, that is far away. Like, say you want to get down a corridor really quickly, you can find a pillar on that thing. Make the, the side of that the floor and then just fall down the corridor. It's yeah. much quicker to get around. It's... It is a game of manipulating the world state and using the infinite negative space to mm. get around. It's awesome. It, it's really fun and brain bendy. The art style is absolutely fantastic. Uh, when when you achieve pu complete puzzles, it rewards you with a very satisfying visual thing happening. Uh, yeah, basically you um, complete a series of puzzles. It will usually involve getting some kind of laser thing working, which will point at like this weird anti-cube and yeah. you take the anti-cube and you put it on the on the tree in the sort of anti-cube space if you drop the anti-cube while you're wandering around with it the whole level resets and you have to go and pick up the cube again yes uh, not entirely resets but to the point of this is where i picked up the cube you you're not allowed to you lose that cube yes um and as opposed to taking th blocks off of trees going this is the tree that that points in that direction and all of the blocks will point in that direction. With the anti-cube, you just put it on the tree and then you're rewarded with the tesseract. Yes. And the tesseract you go and plant and that grows a new tree and that unlocks part of the game. Yes. And then and, you've got a beautiful and, fractal image. Yeah, those fractal trees are quite stunning to see. Yeah, the, the tesseract trees are amazing because as you sort of look through them, you get all these like rainbow patterns. As they're sort of folding in on themselves. Well, oh, when they're first growing and like all the background does all this, yeah. um, like that sort of a whole fractal thing. Like think the the opening scenes from Doctor Strange. Yes. Where things are like just multiplying off in directions. It's it's visually very impressive. It's it's stunning. quite mind bending. It's a it's a really fun game. Like a lot of it is like logic your way around the puzzles. And don't get too hung up on which way is up and which way is down. Yeah. Um, some of the puzzles, especially later on, are, hey, can you find this really tiny detail? Mm. Like, you've done all this thing, now go and find a really tiny detail. Or, have you worked out that perhaps you need to do something again that you've already done but backwards? Mm. Like, oh, okay, yep, that's a lot to think about. Um... I am really enjoying it. I am. I think I'm very near the end. I have gone through what I believe is the the last door. It very much seems like you are going to do the final thing. Yeah, but I've been on that an hour, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really fun game. It's a really good game. It's cheap. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's available on what? Switch and Steam uh, and yeah. things. I'm glad you're having such a good time with it. It's, yeah. it's one mean, of those things that seemed like it was going to be 100% your jam. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love all that non-nuclear and geometry stuff and I'm, a hyperbolic space. Yeah. I'm really excited for Hyperbolica to come out. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited that this one was as good as its premise. Yeah, I mean, like, I've been watching trailers for this thing for yeah. years because it's one of those things that keeps turning up at like GDC of hey here's a thing we're working on yeah like here's a cool trailer I think Nintendo did a couple of um, Nindies trailers where yep, they yes, showed they it did. I was like that looks amazing yeah um, and I loved Antichamber although a lot of people didn't love Antichamber I loved Antichamber yeah I think it's really pretty and I love that sort of just weird art style of everything seems mostly flat. But the colour of the world will largely change depending on yeah. what the floor is. Anti-chamber anti is a... It is a gorgeous space to just get lost in without stressing too much about like getting to the end. Just explore and let, let wonder where it takes you. And sometimes the end is behind you. Indeed. <laughs> Many times the end is behind you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes progress is behind you as well. Yeah. By walking backwards. Yes, there are. Oh, there's lots of things that can make progress happen in that game. <laughs> uh, anything else? Oh, that's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Time for this. Alright, everyone, everyone, we've called this meeting. Everyone here, everyone here. So, um, I've been trying to keep up to date our list of protest chants, and frankly, it's been getting a bit long. There is a lot of things we need to protest for. And there's a lot of very specific chants and the list is getting very long. So I've called this meeting today to see if we can come up with some more general catch-all protest phrases we can use that could maybe, uh, you know, we could use a bit all, all, all across the board. Uh, I'll get us started, I'll get the ball rolling. Fascism is generally bad. Fascism is 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 bad. It's a lot of syllables, but yeah. It is a lot of syllables, but it does get the over... It's the umbrella that a lot of this falls under. Bash the fash. Bash the fash. Bash the fash. Bash the fash works. Indeed, there we, we, we're making it clear. Sometimes you've got to punch a Nazi. Um, uh, have you, anyone else got any suggestions? Uh, how about just stop it? Seriously, stop being fucking jerks. Just stop it, seriously. Stop, stop being, being fucking jerks. Just stop, stop it, it, seriously. Stop doing... Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit muddled, but like the, the, your heart is in the right place there. Um, down with capitalism. Down with capitalism. Down with capitalism. That one we can make work. Yeah, I think that one. Yeah. Be nicer to each other. Be nicer to each other. It costs nothing to care. It costs nothing to care. It costs nothing to care. Alright, one last one. One last one. Uh, stop being fucking twats. Stop, stop being fucking twats. Stop being fucking twats. Huzzah! Productive meeting, I think. Stop being fucking twats. Stop being fucking twats. Onward we go! Socially distanced, of course. Do you feel the need to engage with social media? Uh-huh. But do you dread inevitably seeing the horrors of the outside world? Oh, yeah. Then try the Brocial Network. What's it about? It's a social networking feed that only contains guys being supportive bros to each other. Yeah. Retweet a video of some bros doing a knitting circle. Dear knit one, pearl one. Or bros encouraging each other to discuss their feelings. 
You can always talk about your feelings, bro. No bad news, just bros being bros, show network. Do you know what I want to see more of? This game was brought to you by Barry and Larry. So, huh. what has gone into Amy? Very little this week. It's yeah. been a very played heavy week. I'm very tired and I've played much Xbox. Um, so many Xboxes. We, played, we watched a couple of things together. Should uh-huh. we start with those? Yeah. Uh, we watched some more episodes of School Nurse Files. Yeah. Still a bit mm, about that show. It's it's still It's like a train wreck I can't stop watching, but occasionally yeah. I go, Ooh, it's, really? It's got real B movie vibes where it's like it's kind of weirdly written and poorly paced and sometimes things aren't properly explained. Yeah. But like I mean I sometimes like the not explaining things yeah. aspect of it. Like because it creates more mystery of just like yeah. why is this person doing this thing? What does this even mean? Yeah. But like Overall, I have been digging it. Um, I like that it has finally introduced a sort of formal antagonist, mm. it seems. And like everything going on with this antagonist has been really interesting. Mm. Um, very much trying to work out their whole thing that seems to be looking after the downtrodden, but perhaps doing so with uh, less, than, less than positive magic. Mm. Um... Oh, yeah. And having that snarky, like, I use my powers this way and I can do whatever I want. Yes. While you've got somebody else who's like, I use my powers for good, I use my powers to protect people, I don't use them to benefit myself in any way. It's... the, 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 The main thing that's been brought up so far is like, oh, you're just like, you're capturing that magic to sell to people, which our protagonist is like, no, don't fucking do that, that's dangerous. I mean, like, every religious person we've encountered in this has show been so like, far, hey, it? this energy should only be used for positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm constantly having a good time watching it. Or, I'm having a fascinated time watching yes. it. I'm consistently fascinated by it. Absolutely. I mean, and that's that is the reason I think I've kept watching it. Like, I I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on. I the visuals in it are at times ridiculous and at times beautiful and at times horrific, but in I, a good way. I'm really intrigued to see if it has a payoff that it's going to reach. And it's only I think like we're about halfway through this. Series, yeah, it's only it's like probably... six or yes, six episodes. Six episodes. So like we're probably over halfway through it now. Yeah. Um, and I want to see it. It's short enough. I want to see it through. Yeah, there, like there are a couple of things. There's uh, a scene towards the beginning of the second episode where the nurse is turning to another character and being like. Uh, I I need your energy, and the guy's like, I need to recharge. No, no, I need to be sorted first. And I was yeah. like, oh, consent, please. And again, this I, is very square. Again, I don't know how many of these things are translation-based or not, but... They do keep happening, though. They keep happening, yeah. There was that, there was the thing in the first one where they're talking about... Um, yeah, someone like having, you being disabled. Someone like you having a disability yeah. was a, a weird thing. There's been a few things where I'm just like, I... I don't know exactly what you meant by that, and there are bad ways to read it. Yes. Um, like, yes, it could be a translation issue, but even so, it was translated badly. Yeah. Squick. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, fascinated. I want to know what happened next. Indeed. Um, uh, we also continued watching Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It's so good. It's so good. Take his eternal. Uh, they've been doing a good job... <laughs> they've been doing a good job of... 
expanding those characters out, yeah. exploring them um, into the future. Yes, we we met a new character who uh, I, I very much liked. They, they they've got good energy. Mm-hmm. Um, we explored a, a, a character's unwillingness to admit their limitations, which is a big mood. Mm-hmm. I don't want to admit that I can't do the thing right now. No, lie down. Have a rest. <laughs> Don't change the bedding. Don't change the bedding. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> um, yeah, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, I've been watching a drum programming masterclass. Ooh, Another tell me you more. to me. I I basically I've been I've been exploring lots of stuff about melody recently. But mm. I'm gonna need a rhythm to back it up. So I'm going back to my drum class and, and learning more drum stuff. Um when I get time, I'm still working yeah. on on my music stuff. Uh, so I've been practicing my hand and exercises yeah. to get a bit more better at doing fast things with fingers, <laughs> which I'm sure will have multiple benefits. <laughs> um, yeah, and and now I'm getting onto some drum stuff and making drum patterns and loops and such, and then I hope to put them all together in, in whatever my next tune ends up being. Heck, you got any others? Uh, the only other thing I watched this week is um, so you know the the YouTube channel some more news. You're you're yes. aware of this particular oh, channel. Oh God, is this the film? Yeah, have you, did, have you seen this? Oh, I've seen I I've seen it come up in my feed, and I was like, I am not ready right now. I I had it on while editing video because it's one of those things that like I could sort of have on in the background. Yeah. Um, so some more news is a YouTube channel that exists that usually does say twenty to. 30 minute uh, videos that are about world topics. Mostly American politics. Indeed. Usually like, hey, let's pick apart like all of the flaws in this American politician's uh, nonsense and debunk all their stuff or things like that through the lens of this character who is disheveled angry news dude. Yep. Formerly a cracked bit. Yes, it was a bit on Cracked that has evolved into its own series. And because you know what yeah. happened to Cracked. Uh, yes. So, uh, good, good, um, good content that you have to be in the right headspace to watch because it's often like, oh, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about some real shit going It's one on. of the more digestible places to get US news from as yeah. somebody outside the US. Yeah, and to get like a good level of depth on yeah. a specific news topic. Um, lots of very good research has gone into... What is presented as a slightly silly concept. Um, Exhausted. Yeah. So they put out a a video a couple of days ago called Our Popcorn Movie Dystopia. Some more news. The movie. Isn't it like two hours long? It's two and a quarter hours long. It's a two and a quarter hour long. um, I don't know if movie is the right word for it. It's got some some celebrities in it right. and some animation budget and there is loosely a plot that is so occurring. It's like a Michael Moore film. It fo- follows a narrative structure. Um so the short version right. to like not spoil the whole thing is it is essentially about how movies and pop culture for decades have known that Trump is an evil person who should never be given um positions of power. Right. Um and looking at movies hist- that overtly and um, less directly have over the decades had Trump literally be the inspiration for their villains for decades, often Trump as president as movie villain. Like, for through the 80s and 90s, that was a recurring archetype. Wow. Trump as president is the villain. Um, 
I know it came up in The Simpsons at one point. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of talk about, like, um, the, the villain in the Super Mario Brothers movie is where this all sort of starts, is okay. Bob Hoskins' character is deliberately meant to be an uh, an analogue for um, for Donald Trump. He is um, slicked, blonde, uh, bl- slicked black... Doesn't he play Mario? Uh, not, not Bob Hoskins. Who played um, Bowser? I can't remember. Yes. Um, guy who played Bowser. Slicked, black, uh, slicked back blonde hair... Um, real estate mogul turned uh, politician, um, who lives in the in the huge tower with his name on it, with the solid gold room up top that he lives in. Um, and there was also like um, Back to the Future too, wasn't there? Yep, yeah, uh, Biff Tannen is explicitly based on Donald Trump. Um, and and using that as an archetype for like we've known for decades, like for decades, Trump was rich billionaire who should never have power archetype. Um, and then sort of using a lot of, using the starting point of surprisingly anti-fascist movies from the past that were about fighting fascism and often the face of fascism was literal Donald Trump analogue, through to not, it goes on quite a journey to eventually get to talking about it's important not to lose hope in the face of fascism feeling overwhelming and um, talking a lot about how previous generations have basically primed our generation to be like, the previous generations are not going to solve the problem, they're putting all their hopes on the youth to fix fascism. Um, And how movies demonstrate this sort of shift in cultural attitudes towards, don't worry, the end is inevitable, but the children will fix it, probably. Is this we... why there's always, like, a, a child yeah, it, it's, um, hero? Yeah, now. it talks about the shift towards, like, child hero-based dystopian fiction. Your Hunger Games yeah. and your Maze Runners. And... It's, yeah, it, it's this really interesting two-hour look at, like, from the 80s through to now, how movies have treated overcoming fascism and who the analogues for fascism were and where the world needs to go to get through this. Okay. It's fascinating. Oh, I definitely want to watch it. Yeah. I just didn't think it's... I would be in the right place for it right yeah. now. It, it's that wrapped up in a weird time travel plot with Macaulay Culkin and uh, I completely forget her name, the girl who played Matilda. Um, Mara um, Wilson. Yeah, Mara Wilson and um, a bunch of other weird car- cameos and and some, some special effects budget. Awesome. Um... It is a two-hour journey that is well worth going on if you've got the mental space for a two-hour. It. It's it is two hours of just looking at media and how it how it envisioned the twenty twenties as a fascist dystopia and what we can learn from that. There's a lot of movies that are set in the 2020s where basically Donald Trump is the fascist overlord. That's a surprisingly common thing from the 80s. Yeah, I have spent quite a lot of this conversation just imagining someone deep faking Donald Trump into Back to the Future 2. I mean, if it hasn't happened already, it probably should. It probably should. So that was a thing. That was a thing that I watched and uh, then had no energy to watch anything else afterwards. I can imagine. So that's what you watched then. Yeah, I had I had that on one screen while I was like exporting video files, and that was that. <laughs> I, will, I will quickly go through my last two. Then um, I watched um, 
The Making of Monkey Island 30th Anniversary Documentary, uh, which was on the uh, on a retro trip on on a retro tip uh, YouTube channel. It's a like an hour and a half documentary, hour and twenty two minutes, a documentary about the original Monkey Island and like how all the graphics for that happened and how Lucasfilm Games became LucasArts and like all of their work on mostly point and click stuff and how that all loops back to the like just the number of people that were involved in Monkey Island not many yeah um and like how that influenced sort of other games going forward yeah it's i i'm just a huge monkey island fan so monkey island's great it is great it was one it, monkey island 2 was one of the first games i ever completed Yay! And uh, the other thing I watched was a three-part documentary series called House Dance How Dance Music Conquered the World. Yeah. Um, originally a BBC documentary, it is available in its entirety on YouTube, so you don't have to pay a license fee. Don't pay a license fee, they're horribly transphobic. Oh yeah, that they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh it's just about like how the four by four beat started and how how that led into disco and how disco led into Chicago house music mm. and uh, like then how things came over to the UK and the rave scene yeah. sort of was born and warehouse raves and all of that stuff and then like DJs from from yeah guys who just spin records or people who just spin rep- records mostly guys back in the day mm. um to Superstar DJs, and then like DJ. Here we go. <laughs> uh, they do make that reference. Yeah. Um, and then like sort of more down to earth DJs now, mm. like DJs who they are well known, and apparently they can put a really good show together, but they are not the kind of people that are packing like uh, sports stadiums around the world. Yeah, with like a billion people, just just to. Uh, just to have like a really disconnected night. Yeah. Like, I would. Ha- I, I. I mean, I've only been to like small ravey type parties. Ones in. Yeah. Like officially in a le- le- legally rented warehouse. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to an illegal warehouse party, because I just would be too fucking nervous. Oh god, no one wants to have their good time interrupted by cops showing up. So many of my friends love a warehouse rave. I. I can't <laughs> imagine. Letting myself relax enough to have a good time if there's exactly. the threat of cops might show up. It's not even the cops. It's like, oh yeah, gangsters heard about this and uh, they decided that they were just going to take over the fucking night. Mm-hmm. So now I might get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, not, there not... W- or there'll be no toilets. Or I can't put anything down even for a second because... Yeah. Fuck knows. Not my scene. Not my cup of tea. Not my energy. I, I know people who love a warehouse rave. <laughs> Can't stand um, the thought. <laughs> uh, I've never been to one. D- d- just don't, don't think I'd be comfortable. Doesn't seem like my jam. I barely feel comfortable going to regular raves. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some people who go, it's not a rave unless you're going to you're going to an underground warehouse somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. But like the even the like the birth of that scene, talking about like um there was a room. Somewhere uh, just like off the South Bank in London, uh, they had a strobe light and a fog machine and they spun house records. <laughs> and that was it. To, hey, here is the guy who designed it like the four-way tweeter so that you could have an entire room 
full of people and they would all be able to get an interesting experience to DJs who knew how to work that equipment, had worked with the people who built it and could then do like panning around the entire room so they could like just make the room move with whatever records they were spinning uh, in like unique and interesting ways. It's a fascinating documentary from like like the way music was chopped up to the instruments and equipment they made uh just like interviews with the people because it's it's weird to think that like people i oh yeah i'm the guy that invented the basic 4x4 break f- from disco music that they're still alive and kicking and relatively young yeah yeah <laughs> or just look it but like yeah like there's a lot of people in that that whole scene and then like I think, like, the last episode is talking about, like, how Armin van Deeren went from packing studio, uh, packing massive stadiums to going, I'm kind of bored of this because everyone expects me to do the same thing all the time. And I've never had time for a family or proper relationships. I've just travelled around the world. And um, Tiesto as well. Yeah. Uh, was another one which is like, oh, wow, did, did huge big things destroyed my life. <laughs> wow. But, like, have have managed to come back from that by doing my own thing rather than doing what people wanted me to do all the time. Yeah. Um, one thing that did concern me slightly about that whole thing was, hey, we've gone from, like, disco and Chicago house and just watching it get whiter and whiter and whiter and whiter. <laughs> yeah, I did have that thought while you were talking about this. I was like, how, how, how white this get? Like, almost as soon as it gets to the UK, it gets very, very white. Yeah. And, like, there's interviews in the first one where they're talking about, like, they they didn't know or care who we were. Yeah. That we were the people who'd invented this music. Mm. They just wanted to have a good time. And they were having a good time. It was last year around the fact that ecstasy had started booming at this time. You don't say that ecstasy might have had a role on the rave scene. <laughs> there's, quite a, there's quite a fun scene where they're talking about... Um, so we'd been to the UK like at this point in time, and we went to people, and people weren't really dancing. They were doing mm. that sort of awkward shuffle. And we came back eight months later, did a completely different festival, and there were people like throwing shapes, pissing sweat, eyes rolling. It was just like... And they were like, what changed? And they flipped to somebody else and they're like, well, I don't know what we're supposed to say. Uh, well, I mean, it was ecstasy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you cannot deny that's what kicked off the raves. That, that, that is certainly what made a big change in how well it was accepted over here. Yeah. But like the, the all the guys that created it were like, you know, they were very happy to hear us play. They loved all our music. Yeah. They wanted to buy our records. Um, and they loved us in a way that you and like New York and Chicago audiences didn't have that same energy to them. Mm. Um, but then like coming back years later and finding that now like there's a bunch of guys in London who want to make their own versions of this, and like the like the various like uh, equipment like the there's a whole thing about the um, Roland TR808, which is mm. you know the AR808. Um, and then like the 303 and the invention of Acid House mm. and and various other like genres from that. It's a fascinating documentary. Go watch it. It's free. Heck. Thanks, YouTube. Uh, maybe I will when I'm not in new console review season. Well, if you want something slightly lighter than watching the new Something News video. I mean, that would be lighter, certainly. Right. <laughs> watch people have a good time and listen to some great disco music. <laughs>
and house music. I I don't know why I thought it was a good idea. I was just like, apparently this is where I'm at. Let's click it. Let's go. I can't doom scroll right now. How can I get Twitter into my head? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's been anything that hasn't been video games this week has been like. The Doom Scroll equivalent, or trying to go the complete opposite direction, which you're going to hear about in the listen section, Ooh. which I think it's about time. For. I think it's about time. Though. Well then, time for this. About time. <laughs> Laura, Laura, you've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, uh, so I've got. A, apparently, I'm just supposed to read the text as it is. Okay, okay. Um, so our sponsor this week is Amazon. Amazon. Uh, what the the uh, the big company that Bezos owns? Uh, I don't think so. It's A M O with like a an accent over it, that's then Z E N. That's an accent aigu, I believe. A French accent aigu. Ooh, fancy. How's that one pronounced? Uh, oh, 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 oh. oh. Um, um, hello. Your email here. Unusual activity has been detected during your Anozon. Oh, that's A N O Z O with the wiggly over uh, the end. The, the tilde. Tilde. The tilde over it. Yes. Tilde Swinton over the end. <laughs> uh, your Anozen account. Please go to HTTPF slash A L A Allen Allenzon now dot com. So that's C O N. Appropriate. Oh, and enter your credit card details and security information in order to ensure that your order can. That you order can be processed. Also, there's a 50 euro Amazon voucher for the first 500 people to update their records today. That's definitely a scam, right? Um, typically a company doesn't spell their name four different ways in the same email. They definitely spelt it Amazon when they were talking about the voucher, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you an Amazon voucher. None of what we are is Amazon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Oof. Yeah, don't. See, it's fine, it's fine. I don't need to take this week's sponsor because I keep seeing all these Facebook ads of how they're just going to put £700 in my PayPal account, so I think I'll be alright. I don't need to risk this clear scam. Yeah, 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 you're good to miss... I mean, they've paid us, so... Oh. Thank you, um, Amazon. Oh, I just... Yeah, they've credited us with some uh, Alanzon vouchers. Oh, do yeah. we have to? Oh, do we have to fill out a survey to get them? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I just, <sighs> let's just scrap this one. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, hi. So, uh, how's how's uh, business going? Uh pretty good. Everyone is ready for the next generation console launches, and uh, I have just got us a deal that should keep the Empire out of here for a long oh, time. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, yeah, so we have partnered with um, Mighty, Mighty Soft. Um, they're they got the new whole. Oh console yeah, yeah. Thing. They they're trying to sell their new console. Yeah, the new egg thing. Yeah. Yeah, except like I've been hearing no one's really gonna buy them because they haven't got like a game to bring out with yeah, it or anything. Yeah, their their big game got canceled. Well, put back for a, a few few months. So mm. now the whole launch has been kind of a write off, but. The people down in R&D, i.e. myself, yeah. have come up with an ingenious way to uh, to help us. People, More people will buy our next-gen versions of our games. 
and more people will have to buy the new console. Well, I mean, it works. If it's going to sell new uh, more versions of the next-gen version of the games, that's a, that's a win for us, because that's free. Well, it had to be a win for that's us. That's free additional money. Right. Exactly. So, people buy our latest game. Right. It's the, it's the end of the console generation. They know it's going to be pushing their system a little bit yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. We're completely bricking their consoles. Our game, badly optimized. What? what? Accidentally or deliberately? I mean, are you asking from a legal standpoint or from I, an executive standpoint? I mean, uh, off the record, what, what, how much, how much of a pat on the back am I giving you? Uh, I am a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just completely bricking their consoles, and then they're gonna be like, "Well, it's the end of the generation. I might as well buy the new one, and I want to play that game, and it is on the new console." So. We have tied the knot with uh, Mighty Soft, and um, we're helping them brick some consoles, so they sell more consoles, and we sell more games. I know you just said it, but you are a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's clear you know you yeah, said it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. I am so good. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Ah. Uh, this is the complete opposite to my watched week where I watched yeah. a two hour th media critique of um, movies about fascism. Mm -hmm. um, I basically just went back and did some comfort listening because yeah. this has been a roller coaster of a week. It's been very <laughs> yeah. tiring and very emotionally a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I went back and listened to a bunch of old episodes of The Empty Bowl, which is a podcast I talk about every now and then. It's a serial podcast. A serial ASMR podcast. Yeah, it's just... Hey, we're going to talk very calmly and gently about cereal over some crashing wave sounds. Um, it's just very calm, and I've said this before, I don't care about cereal very much. It's just nice, calm, enthused lads talking about a thing they care about that if I mentally tune out for a bit, I'm not going to feel like I need to rewind and go back and listen, because I'm like, it's fine, I'll just... I'm not going to be able to get that cereal. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just comforting, comforting voices being enthused about a thing they like, and sometimes that's just all you need in yeah. your ears. Just something that doesn't hurt your brain. Yeah, and other than that, it might it's... hurt the roof of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's been uh, music that I can just mentally tune out and not pay attention to. Yeah. Um. I've stumbled down a YouTube uh, recommended hole, which oh, is... Oh, God. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, of YouTube videos of just, like, chill Nintendo music, but they keep being titled things like uh, Nintendo music to just sort of stop having thoughts to. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those popping up recently. Yeah. The Yoshi one and the Kirby one. Both yeah. of which turn up on mine and apparently your timeline as well. Yeah, like... Music to mildly dissociate to, but it's Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and oh, there I mean, was that nice one of um, Pokemon spooky music as yeah, well. Yeah, until it, the Apart screen got flashing, and I was like, oh, hmm, don't like that. Lovely Pokemon music. Lovely yeah, scoops. I've just been I've been down a rabbit hole of just Nintendo music that's just kind of just gently floats you along. You've been floating on a cloud, and you don't have to think too much. Some chill background, not too energetic, just sort of yeah. atmospheric. Atmospheric lo-fi Nintendo. I beats. needed something that wasn't two days of video games or the video equivalent of Doom scrolling. I needed yeah. something that wasn't that. I haven't had the brain space for any new music, honestly, this week. No, I I went through my Discover Weekly on Spotify and was like, do not have the energy for any of these to have opinions about <laughs> no. them. 
is is gonna be. Um, I'm behind on some podcasts. I'm not gonna catch up on them. Mm. I'm gonna listen to a serial podcast and a bunch of Nintendo music. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I mean, there's a lot of music in that How Dance Music Cons Conquer the World video. Yeah. And then I went and listened to some of the tracks from that video. Got um, uh, Pre- a theme to S Express, um, All Aboard the Night Train, 4 o'clock in the morning. Classic dance tunes from back in the day. Back in day. Back in day. Um, that, that's most of it. I also listened to, um, there's a new... Uh, Oscar Schuster album out. Ooh. I've talked about them before. They make lots of weird, plinky, found sound type music. So lots of music boxes and um, sort of old pianos. Real lo-fi vibes of just typewriters and things very often. Um, this is specifically... Uh, well, the new album is called October Night Games. It's the soundtrack to October Night Games. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a game. It's got a horror theme. Um, yeah, it's short-ish, loopable tracks of slightly, almost um, like Danny Elfman doing Tim Burton music. Okay. But in that unique Oscar Schuster style of like lots of like detuned, slightly detuned pianos and um, music boxes. It's a good album. Check it out. It's available on Bandcamp. And that's all I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Right, right, bring in the next one. Uh, What's the charges? Uh, This one uh, was uh, begging for money outside of a uh, chip shop just in town. You stand here formally accused of begging for money. How do you plead? Uh, Guilty. Then you should be taken from this place to another place. Well, I think we'll probably get you a shower, some uh, some clothes, a basic income, and 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 a home. Next, <gasps> gamble, gamble, gamble. Right, Honor. This one was uh, engaged in uh, questionable uh, street-based sex work. And how do you plead? Uh, um, guilty. Right. Uh, was this of of your own accord that you were doing this work? Uh, yes, it was. Right, then perhaps, would it be helpful to you if we got you involved in some kind of uh, commune group where you could each look after each other as as part of that? Or would you prefer Uh, to continue working alone? I mean, that would be helpful. Okay, well, we can certainly put you in contact with someone. A universal income, don't worry. Don't feel like you you have to be working all the time or worrying about health benefits, anything like that. Off you go. Gabble, gabble, gabble. Next! Uh, this one uh, was uh, underage in the streets during school hours. And how do you plead? Um, guilty. Right, is something wrong at home or...? I mean, things are a bit rough right now. I mean, is it a money issue? Is it, should we need to talk to a, a parent yeah, or a guardian? Yeah, yeah. All of the above? All of the above. Okay, so we'll put you in, in touch with someone who will uh, listen to you, actually to your needs, and, and make sure those are listened to. And um, a basic income. And uh, perhaps we can get you... To, if, is school not working for you? Is there an issue with school I'm there? I'm struggling a bit. Okay, well, we'll see about getting you some extra uh, help with that so that you can uh, learn as you, as you as you find works for you and that, uh, you know, we can, we can maybe help out you, your family in any way that's necessary. Next one, next one. Gabble, 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 gabble. 
Do you need to existentially scream into the void? Uh-huh. Do you have neighbors who would be disturbed and it'd be rude to do so? Uh, yeah, I really don't want to disturb the neighbors. Do you like a local cornfield? I mean, that would be the ideal place to scream. But do you have a girlfriend with a great rack? That I do. Try screaming titties. They're a great way to dampen the noise from your screams. And you get some face-to-face time with those fabulous norks. Screaming titties. Mm, warm. I feel better already. Question time, it's time for questions. What's the question? Yeah. Question time, it's time for questions. What's the questions? Uh, tricky ass. Uh, Kiri Magic uh, raised an interesting point uh, after I mentioned on Jane's stream the other week that The Lion King was my introduction, my first introduction to weed. She said, I think everyone has an awkward introduction to something while a Disney film played. I think that's a fascinating assertion. Can you recall any yourselves? Oh, oh! Do you, do you do you have one? Uh, I don't think so. Like I I watched various family members' relationships fall apart while watching Disney films. I I suppose so. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, I awkwardly had to have a conversation with um one of my siblings about my being trans and about their opinion on that while fucking Frozen was playing on the TV in the living room. That was a bit weird. Take your bigotry and let it go. I think I think it was Frozen. It was some that era of Disney film was on and That's I'm having an era. I'm having an awkward conversation about like Hey, so you're married to someone that doesn't necessarily believe I should have rights? That's not great. We made it bleak. Sorry. Uh, Alice the Gayest Dungeon Owl, still an awesome name, asks, do you enjoy bath bombs? Oh, I love a good <laughs> bath bomb. I love you a do. good bath bomb. They're effervescent, and that gives me an excuse to... You are the to... effervescent Laura Kate. It gives me an excuse to use the word effervescent. That's usually one that Jim uses for you. It's such a good word, effervescent. 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 Mm-hmm. It fizzes and it makes nice smells and then my skin feels... Sometimes there's a duck inside. <gasps> oh yeah, occasionally there's a duck inside. <laughs> but it's just my skin feels all soft and the colour and the colours in the water. It is a nice excuse to just luxuriate in a nice bath for a while. Uh, I enjoy them. I have to have... I have to have decompressed enough that I can actually enjoy the bath in the oh, first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I have to be in the mood for a relaxed bath. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like just a bath. Yeah. Um, I have to have turned the the boiler up so that the the water is extra hot. Yeah. And so that if I top up, it will warm up quickly rather than me needing to leave the tap on for a while. Yes, that is that is a big part of it. Is it needs to stay at a good hot temperature if it's going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't let it get lukewarm. Oh yeah. Uh, I oh. like the shiny ones. Yeah. Um, I I like sort of squidging them slightly between my toes and feeling them effervesce. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoy a bath bomb, but I, I get them very very rarely. Yeah, it's been a while, but I enjoy them when I have them. Hmm. Well, well, we'll we'll see what ends up being on special offer in Superdrug. <laughs> <laughs> 
because uh, that's usually when wow. we got them. I think that's when we got them last year. I got yeah. like nine bath bombs that we shared. Oh, they've they've got some. They've occasionally got some really nice smelling blueberry ones that are real nice. I was in there the other day. They had run out of blueberry ones. Otherwise, I would have oh. was planning to get you one. <laughs> well, we'll have to check in there before or after everything locks down. Uh, we'll we'll let you know how that went. Uh, Callum Turner, hi Callum. Asks, uh, is there a job slash process that you have learned about? that fascinates you, but you have no interest in pursuing. Oh. I went down a YouTube hole of live music lighting director videos. That sounds amazing. Oh. Uh, looks really interesting, but I know I'm not cut out for the pressure of a live show. I've done lighting for live shows. Not particularly high intensity. Like theatre ones. Uh, not yeah, stadium shows. Not stadium shows, like uh, like local pantomime lighting with different lighting setups mm. and everything. But I've, I've, done, I've done lighting desks before. Like, I've never sort of looked seriously into lighting, but like... I've sometimes at a rave sort of like been a bit too fucked to dance and sort of like sidled up to whoever's running the booth and gone, that's fascinating. There's like a whole thing on like a, just like a tablet that controls all of the lighting. Yeah. I, there was one pantomime once where I was running both the lighting and sound desks. Um, the sound desk, I had like a screen and I had everything queued up in order. I just had to make sure I was like, uh, watching out for my cues in the script and starting things on time. The lighting involved more, um... Like, queue up the next set of, like, sliders in the right place and then hit a button to make it switch from its current setup to the okay, new like sliders you've changed. Yeah, so I would have to look at my notes and be like, these ones at these numbers, these ones at these numbers, and when this word in the script comes up, then I hit the button and it'll switch to that, and then Ooh. I start setting the next set of sliders. That sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the coolest lighting desks I ever saw, there's a club in central London, central London in Vauxhall, in fact, mm. um, called The Light Box. Um, it's in the arches, like underneath the the um, railway. Yeah. So it's got that low ceiling arched over the top, uh, and because of that, they can't have like proper lighting rigs in there. Mm. So there's several hundred individual LEDs evenly yeah. spaced across, like all over the ceiling and most of the way down the walls. Ooh. And it is all run off this one desk, and they can just like put a GIF in there, uh, like put a, a bitmap image in there. <laughs> And it'll just like flash that, scroll that across the whole ceiling. <laughs> um, it's fascinating to watch. It's a really interesting club to dance in because yeah. it's simultaneously very bright and weirdly dark. Uh, okay, so on the, the actual question, which is about like jobs that you find weirdly fascinating but that, could never do, <laughs> um, I have a sort of connected one um, in theatre stuff stage management. Mm-hmm. I could never do it, but I always find stage management a really fascinating job because it's basically just. Organization. It's 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 organization like you're managing like a fucking real time strategy game. It's you've <laughs> like you in theory know like ah oh, it, it's really easy to win this RTS. You just got to send that team to that place, that at that place, that place, and if if we get everything where it should be, everything moves fine. And then something crops up unexpectedly, and you're like ah oh, shit, what what. Uh, what NPCs have I got spare that I can send to fix that problem? And Sheet number two is under yeah. attack. Uh, how how quick uh, how quick can we get that fixed and get the person back to where they need to be for their next queue? Oh, who's who's got time? Like okay, who's got the longest window of time before they got to do something? We'll get them to be on the fixing problem. Oh, wow. Like I find stage management fascinating mm-hmm. um, from just like a logistical people managing perspective. That their whole job is checking that everyone's on their queues and. Managing crises if they turn up in real time, so that hopefully no one, no one, no one in the audience ever knows you did your job if you've mm. done it right, and that's oh, that's I find that interesting as hell. Um, I've got a couple game dev 
Yeah. Like, I have made small games before. I've made text adventures. Nobody played my text adventure. It was a very um, good text adventure. I've made text adventures. I've made... Um, back in the days of click and play, I made tons of random little games that ended up not being quite so little because I just tweaked them and tweaked them and added random stuff and sound effects and my own yeah. graphics and whatever else until they got ridiculously large and yeah. just spanned multiple different um, genres. Hmm. A mess of a game, you'll probably call <laughs> yeah. them. Um, but yeah, like having... There was the year I spent making that um, adventure map in Minecraft. That was almost no reward. There was the year I spent making the text adventure that was like just so much stress for like so little outcome from that. That I was just like, no, I do not have a heart for game dev. Yeah, just you... the idea of just putting so much of your life and like people like Puppy yeah. Games is like, yeah, we spent like five years on 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 um, Basingstoke. It took forever. It massively ran over budget, and we all ended up really fucked as a result of it. And no one played it. Yeah, it's game development seems to be very much like that, and you need to have like a real passion for the act of making the game mm -hmm. because otherwise you will not have it in you to keep going when inevitably multiple projects don't aren't yeah. the one that picks up. Well it's not just that, it's like just the it it seems to be the thing where you're either like doing it for the passion. Yeah. Or you end up going into the grinder of working for a big company yeah. where they will crunch the fuck out of you and then immediately sack you. Yeah. Mm. It's one of those industries that I dream about and I'm like, yeah, but no, no not for me. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> couldn't work in a large team. Couldn't couldn't deal with crunch. Yeah. So I guess just no on that <laughs> one. Um I had another one and I've already forgotten what it was. Oh, oh no. Oh, uh, VFX. Oh yeah. Like I love learning about VFX, how they're made, um, like how movies put certain stuff together. I always watched like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. No interest in doing it like big yeah. scale. I'm happy to key you out of a green screen. <laughs> I That's more than even I'll do. Right. <laughs> I'm happy to key you out of a green screen. That's about as technical as I want to get overall, I think. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, that'll do me. That That's good enough. Thanks. Yeah, but, like, I will watch VFX stuff till the cows oh, come around. God, same. That's a really good example. Mm -hmm. Bethany Turner asks, What classes of D&D &D character have you never played as, but really liked to, uh, would really like to have a go at? Oh, hmm. Ah... Oh. Because you've played a few of them by now. I've, I've played quite a few. That's The question is, which ones have I not tried? I've never tried a rogue, I don't believe. Um, and rogues require a certain level of, like, premeditated, um, careful, planned out play that is not necessarily my style. Not necessarily D&D um, &D style either. Yeah, D&D is not, like, a great system for it, but I love, not even mechanically, I love narratively the idea of playing as a rogue, mm. and it's very much, the mechanics have not incentivized me to do so, but I find rogues, like, a really interesting archetype. Yeah, I think if someone was doing, like, a, here is a, a whole rogues narrative, Yeah, you could make it, you could make a very different game, because I've tried playing a rogue... In a game that in a game that was clearly yeah. designed for you hit stuff. 
Yeah. Or you cast spells at things. The problem is with fun. mechanically with rogues, and the reason why I've never I've never played one in like a full campaign is that too often I see people play rogues and they'll spend like three turns setting up their cool assassination they're going to do. They've snuck around the room. They're about to get their backstab insta kill, and then the um. The big burly fighter who has been hitting things with their big hammer for four turns and cleared out most of the room will just go smack that thing before you get a chance to touch it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna kill I was that, gonna one. Do that one, and now it's gonna take me another three turns to get to that one because I move slowly and I'll kill it when I get there. But I'm so stealthy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like. It, it feels like you spend a lot of turns not really doing anything while the big flashy ones do all their cool stuff, and then you're like. And I stabbed and killed one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, most of them, I've not really played many. I've played a druid, a fighter, a barbarian. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind trying a bard at some point. I hear they're fun. Bards, you, you have sold me on bards. Bards are real fun because they get a widespread of the different magic types. And they get all the fun charisma-based skills. Mm-hmm. So you get to do all the deception, the um, persuasion, the... All, all the cool, like, I'm going to talk my way out of a problem, but also I'm a bit of a jack-of-all-trades magic-wise. Mm. And they have a lot of the more fun backgrounds, because there are a lot of yes. the over-the-top performer backgrounds, mm-hmm. which can be f- interpreted in fun ways. Yeah, I think anything where you've got like a high-performance stat and a high-charisma stat, you can do a lot of fun things, in, especially in narrative D&D. Yeah, like... I'm really tempted next time I... Uh, I'm working on a character for a future campaign currently, and I would like to be a bard again. It's been long enough I've not been a bard that I'd like to be a bard again, maybe. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been Thinking a while. about it. Goodness gracious. It's been since season three of Dice Funk. So what, three years ago? Uh, yeah, that was what, like four... Uh, yeah, about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Uh, Louis von Waramask asks... Um, how do you think Medusa washes her hair? I mean, I don't know much about reptile care, but... Um, like a sand bath or something, and then I, shed? I, I think she would lay her head down near, a, like, a bucket of water and let the snakes do the thing that snakes do, where they sort of... Noodle. Sort of noodle along the edge, sort of in and out of the water themselves. She'd just let her hair do its own playing around in the water. I don't think that's... Necessarily them washing though, is it? I don't really understand. I don't know. How I don't know work. how snake do. I don't know how snake do. How snake do? I assumed it was like a chinchilla thing, just like some grit to 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 get the the dead skin off. I don't know. I need to exfoliate. I think she would allow the snakes to clean themselves in whatever manner they usually do. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Um, all cops are bastards. Indeed. Emphasis on the all. Uh, with an adorable kitty picture. Look at the kitty. Oh, that's a good kitty. That's a good kitty. I hope that that is your kitty and that you love them very much and that they love you too. Aww. And that they do good pets. Um, they ask favourite cookies. Favourite cookies. Peanut butter heroin. Peanut butter heroin. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to say no to that. Peanut butter heroin. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to explain to anyone who's listening to this and doesn't know what those are, what those are? Okay, so, um... Uh, 100 grams of flour, 75 grams of uh, margarine, uh, 75 grams of peanut butter, 50 grams of dark brown sugar, 50 grams of white sugar, although I never usually bother with that, and then you can add oats to taste and almond 
essence to taste or vanilla essence to taste. And dollop some dark chocolate on the top, dollop maybe. Dollop some dark chocolate onto the top to make some, some nice chocolate chips. And cook them for about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how big you make them cookies. Yeah. And, and then have, really damn have them just, like, soft just out the, like... Soft just out of the oven, yeah. warm. Maybe with some ice cream. Fuck oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, peanut butter mm. heroin. They're called peanut butter heroin because they're very Moorish. They are very Moorish. I have managed to make entire trays of that vanish without noticing. Yeah, where did mm. they go? Who knows? I mean, the fact that I am quite capable of tuning shit out, like yeah. without realizing anyway. Like when I was living on my own, there were times when I would bake a, a tray of cookies. Yeah. Sit down, like doom scroll, or or start playing a game, or. Yeah. Watching some YouTube and doing something else and doing something else and be like, "I'm all the fucking cookies." I mean, uh, yes, I definitely ate those cookies because there's no one else here. But where the fuck did they go? <laughs> where the fuck did they go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. Um, they are good. There is a recipe on my on my website, uh, stonemonkeyradio.blog. Yeah, people should uh, check that out. Under the vegan recipe section, I think that was like September 2018. Yeah. Go, go find it. Go find it. It's near the beginning. <laughs> um, that is all of the questions. Well then. Time for this. Time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Do you know what I want to see yet more of? Yet more of? Yeah. Brushal Justice Warriors. Brushal Justice Warriors. Yeah. yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You, uh, have you been up so much? Oh, you know, trying to... Trying to avoid the doom scrolling as we all are at the moment, yeah. I think. Is it's a lot going on and trying to trying to avoid getting lost down that rabbit hole a bit. Yeah. I've uh, you know, been, been thinking about the fact that it's um, you know during world events which occur on a terrifyingly frequent basis these days, yeah, it can yeah, yeah. it'd be real easy to get doom scrolly just, you know, Eternally refreshing social media feeds. Well, I mean, uh, it, it feels irresponsible not to be paying attention to everything that's going on in the world. And we are at this. There is a lot happening right now. Yeah, and you've you've the world as it currently stands very much enables paying attention to everything that is happening. Yeah, which can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, and you know, minute to minute, there is only so much you as a human being can do. Indeed, and there is only so much bleakness you as a human being can really um, absorb. Absorb, yeah. yeah. And it, it's one of those things where, like, I, I know me with doom scrolling. I know that I, a, a big part of why I end up doing it is because it's a sense of control over the uncontrollable. Things are scary and a lot happens, and there's that little bit in your brain that's like, maybe if I just pay attention, that will somehow make the end result better. Which it won't. You, you, that's not how this works. No, but I mean, it's it's also very difficult not to feel like you know. Well, if I if I'm not reading this all the time, I am burying my head in the sand when that's not necessarily the case. Well, if there's something I could have seen that I could have done something different about that would have made things better, and I chose not to, therefore I'm going to eternally doom scroll. Yeah, you know, it's it's that. I suppose there is a sense of uh, fear of missing out. But missing something important in the world, and it's a big world, and there's a lot of news, and right now a lot of really horrible things are happening. Yeah, so I was just thinking about the fact that it's important, you know, to every now and then just try and give yourself some breaks from social media during uh, big world events, because yeah. yeah. it's not good for the mental health to try and uh, 
single-handedly consume everything that is happening. Yeah, especially if it's a part of the world that you personally have no influence over whatsoever. Indeed. Uh, yeah, either way, it's... <sighs> Drowning... Drinking in every bit of information isn't going to change the outcome. It, no. All it's going to do... Somet- sometimes all it's going to do is make you feel worse. And you've got yeah. to recognise when you're in one of those states and when you're not doing yourself any, any good. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, you know, look after yourself, uh, treat yourself nicely, give yourself some breaks from the things that might be difficult to process. Yeah, I have I have noticed recently a lot of people doing that, you know, talking about, oh, I've, I've taken a break from, uh, you know, I've, I've taken a break from social media, I've, I've deleted the Twitter app, so I'm not yeah. constantly scrolling that, especially at the moment, you know, we've got uh, all the stuff going on with the US elections, we've got various things around the world as well. You know, there is a, a lot of news, a lot of, you know, this, all the stuff happening in Poland that's yeah. very concerning. There's still news from Hungary that's very concerning. There's, yeah. uh, there is a lot going on and, it, you know, it's probably better overall and you will be more productive if you are the kind of person that gets involved and is, you know, going to write and protest and do whatever you can. If you don't spend every second of every day constantly drinking that yeah. poison, but you know, going, okay, well, I will take a period of time to do the equivalent of reading the newspaper. I will yeah. catch up on actual news rather yeah. than what I am handed by the media per se. Yeah, get get the gist of what the day's uh, talking points are and then leave it for the rest of the day. Action what you can, leave it yeah. for the rest of the day and come back to it. You, exactly. you will probably find that there is actually less happening minute to minute than you think. Indeed. Like, but... you might not see every video of a police officer in the US just driving over somebody's head, but ultimately, you will still know that things is are bad happening. in Chicago. Indeed, indeed. Ugh, I need to, I need to get that balance right, you know? Yeah, it's it's tough, it's tough. Ugh. That's luck, mate. That's luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too, mate. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, been a long one. I could do with a, do with a bit of a lie there. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> all right. Well, I, yeah, I think I'll, I'll head off for a nap, mate. Yeah, I might do the same. Nice. Nice. So, Laura. Huh? Yes? Will you sing us out, please, darling? With uh, with all of your things that you do. <laughs> You've jumped ahead. I know I'm bad at this. Uh, so, you, Laura. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet? Here's <laughs> a better question. You can find me at Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. As little as a dollar a month allows me to keep doing this full time as a job. LauraKBuzz.com. Everything I post ends up there, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts, all that sort of thing. Uh, I'm now partnered on Twitch. I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. That means I'm metamored with Twitch. I Yes! <laughs> Becky made this joke as well. I know, and I thought it deserved more appreciation. <laughs> um, I, uh, I can say this. Um, by the time you hear this, um... If you're hearing the early upload that goes up on on that'll be going up on Thursday, for people who Patreon support me for ten dollars uh, a month, indeed, people should do that. We're, should. We'll, we'll get to where they can do that again mm. in a second. Um, I will be streaming. Um, I'll be streaming Xbox Series X stuff and answering questions on Thursday on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, before Jane does her stream, mm. and then, uh. 
I'm gonna be streaming next-gen things over the coming weeks, and I will say more as things approach, as varying deadlines happen. Um, other than that, there's, there's... Oh, accessibility. It's on YouTube every Friday, except that schedule's kind of gone out the window during console launch season. But every Friday, I do videos about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Um, that's at youtube.com slash laurakbuzz. Uh, they've been going up at a weird schedule recently because of embargoes. Um, but Luckily, the ep- I finished them in good time. Yeah, yeah, f- fun. <laughs> but the, the episode about uh, the Xbox Series X, like, plugged in and how accessible it is as an overall device is up now, as is um, some gameplay videos of the Series X that are in 4K and my review, my overall review of the system, which has some 4K gameplay in it. Other than that, there's books. Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious coffee table book of illustrated video game character butt reviews. That's coming out on February 4th, 2021. Uh, My copies are arriving any day now, and uh, people who backed it on Unbound should have their copies before Christmas. And hundreds of copies to sign are going to show up here <laughs> in some batches over the coming months. That's going to be fun. Yep. Um, there's also Gender Euphoria, which is a... It's just an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. And that's coming out on June 10th, 2021. Uh, I've got podcasts too. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character porn. You can find that on the internet. It's got Mario and Stacey from Geek Remix. Um, Podquisition, we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7. They're all self-contained stories. And I'm on a podcast with you that isn't this one. Yeah, it's uh, Polyamory. It's yeah. a 5th uh, edition real play D&D podcast with questionable morals. The uh, next episode of that should have gone up on the Saturday before this is officially launched on Sunday. Launch released. We've been out a while. 142 episodes, in fact. Um, I had other words to say, but my brain has done that ADHD thing. Uh, you do polyamory and you also do. Yeah, I, I do that. It's a good D&D real, roleplay thing. We're in that with Becky and Nick, and it's very good and fun. I'm very excited for where people are going. You're currently part of a potato cult uh, <laughs> yeah. involving chips and and other people who work in the cult or are in the cult. And they're looking for their god. Who knows when they'll find them or when our party will get off their asses and actually do something or actually get on with their main quest. Who can say? Um, I also make t-shirts. They're available on my Redbubble. I've got a SoundCloud. I've got two SoundClouds now. I've got one where you might be listening to this. <sighs> and I have another one for Bedroom Programmer, which is where I am making music. Mm. Um, it's not very good music yet, but I'm hoping to get better. I'm really enjoying that music. I, I think it's learning. good music. I am learning. That's the important thing. Um, I put up a lot of, of my like learning stuff recently. So like loops from when I was learning how to do video game music. You can check that out if you want. It's Bedroom Programmer on SoundCloud. Uh, other things. Um, I've got a Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 75-hour work week. Uh, for $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer Pleasant Strangers. Usually on a Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday, if there's an embargo. But always before Sunday. <laughs> always before everyone else. Uh, yeah, that's uh, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. I stream on Twitch on Thursday nights 
uh, about 7.30 to 8 o'clock UK times. That's when I'll start, not not the entire length of the stream. Um, all of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Laura, sing us out please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm -hmm.